It's 1995 and Ireland is voting for the second time to liberalise divorce. It's a controversial topic in a country that's reached a point of inflection between a Catholic, socially conservative past and a forward-looking, secular future. But when Orti is doing coverage and debate before the referendum, it gives significantly more time to those campaigning for a yes vote than it does to those campaigning for a no vote. In fact, 80% of the total allocated time for party political broadcasts went to the yes side. So does RTE have a duty to give every political party and every political ideology equal airtime? Welcome to Legally Fond. Welcome to season three of Legally Fond in association with lawschool.ie. Lawschool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter pre-recorded workshops are also available. Courses commence in June and November, and you can register anytime at lawschool.ie. For the duration of this season, we're giving away a free subject course worth €355, which can be used for any FE1 or King's Inns prep course subject with lawschool.ie. For your chance to win that, head to our Instagram. It's legally underscore fond. And if you entered our competition for a legal research textbook, with thanks to Claris Press, stay listening. We'll announce the winner before the end of the episode. During the course of the 1995 referendum on divorce, RTE, the state broadcaster, had permitted political parties, all of which were committed to a yes vote for divorce, to transmit political broadcasts. RTE also permitted programmes similar to party political broadcasts to be transmitted by one non-party group in support of the referendum and one non-party group opposed to the referendum. The applicant, a lecturer at Trinity College, Dublin, complained to the Broadcasting Complaints Commission saying that RTE had breached the legislation under which they were first set up. The commission rejected the applicant's complaint on the basis that RTE was entitled to transmit uncontested party political broadcasts under a sub-clause of the legislation. However, the commission also upheld the part of the applicant's complaint which related to a mis- mistaken reshowing by RTE of a broadcast by the Right to Remarry group was not balanced by the broadcast of an opposing side. The issue at hand is that one side, i.e. the Yes campaign, got considerably more coverage as a result of party political broadcasts than the No campaign. And that's what was put before the High Court and subsequently the Supreme Court in determining whether or not this amounted to constitutional unfairness. So this was 1995, a very different Ireland, when we were voting for the second time on whether or not to legalise divorce or to liberalise the divorce regime, which was pretty much impossible to get in Ireland up until that point. All the five political parties came out in support of changing this. There were some campaigning groups that came out at the time of the referendum, though, and opposed this change. 40 minutes of time was given to the yes side, only 10 minutes was given to the no side. Now, just to be clear, it was not a case that they were saying RTE was biased in its coverage ahead of the referendum. It was just a case that with regards to these specific party political broadcasts where parties or campaigning groups could come forward and broadcast these one-off ads, essentially, on RTE, too much time was given to one side of the debate in the context of those party political broadcasts. And RTE, as a state broadcaster, was under a duty to be impartial and to treat both sides fairly. What do you think, first of all, about this idea of party political broadcasts, that a political party, or in this case a campaigning group, can have a minute, two minutes of uncontested airtime on primetime television, which they can't be charged for, where they 
spread their views uh, on on either ahead of a general election or a referendum. I guess if you treat it like an opening statement, then somebody should be able to post out their views, you know, without being interrupted, like, you know, whether you agree with them or not. Like, if there is a referendum coming up, I do want to know what the parties are saying. Yeah, and look, particularly in the context of a general election, all the parties publish these big tome-like manifestos up to 100 pages. I mean, they're a bit inaccessible in terms of language uh, to read for the average person in the electorate. And and to be honest, I don't know if people of the time or necessarily want to read them. Uh, This provides an opportunity for political parties in a pretty condensed format um, on the national airwaves to provide the basis for their platform and to say quite clearly, quite concisely what it is they stand for. And it's they're very easily directly comparable then with one another as a result of that. So, so I think it's quite a healthy exercise. We don't have political ads in Ireland. You can't have political advertisements on broadcast media, on radio or television. So this is the closest thing. And it, they're, they're pretty close to ads, but they're not paid for and they're only used at referendum or election times. Now, referendum's a little bit different to an election in that... It's not necessarily based on party political lines. The parties may campaign on either side of the referendum and parties that might have very different ideologies might end up on the same side of the referendum. And ultimately, it's a yes or no question. So it comes down to whether you're in favour of changing the the constitution or not. How concerning is it that you'd have such an underrepresentation of one side? Do you think? I mean, in in a sense, it's an organic underrepresentation of the matter. If all five major political parties have come out in favour of the proposed change, um, the other, I mean, look, the divorce referendum in in, in nineteen ninety five was incredibly close. Um, so the umbrella group that obviously opposed the referendum brought together many different sects of society who were against this proposed change and put them under the one banner. Um, As a result, it looks like, okay, you've got five parties here in favour of divorce, and yet you've only one group opposed. What that doesn't show us is how many people actually support that singular opposition group, how much groundswell is behind that. And if it's just a matter of, well, we give two minutes to every group or every political party here, it does tilt the the, the balance in in favour of the the pro-referendum side. Like there have been numerous referenda... Like, so the Lisbon Treaty, for example, you know, I think every major political party besides Sinn Féin were campaigning to vote yes. And, you know, the country said no. I think it was the same with Nice as well. Like, we can't just say that, oh, well, geez, if all the political parties are saying vote yes, then, well, that means that we should give them the majority of the airtime, like the yes side, the majority of the airtime. Like, they can't... Yeah, the point, and it was stressed in the majority in the judgment that um, it is up to the people to change the constitution that's you know that's our job in this whole thing and if you overrepresent, uh you know just what the leaders of each political party think then again you're sort of trying to not necessarily maliciously but you're still distorting what reaction people may get because the people vote along party lines they always do yeah and i think it actually overstates as well the innovation of political parties in this country or anywhere else i don't think it was a novel idea of all five political parties to all of a sudden come out in favor of divorce more so the fact that they were responding to what was a 
evident shift in public opinion on this matter. Parties don't come out and support something that they think will be damaging for them at the next election. They're not that principled as institutions or organisations. They respond to what they think is the public tempo and tenor at the time. So obviously this was a response of major political parties saying, well, if we don't come out and support this, this will look bad. You know, the tides are turning. It looks like divorce is going to come in. We want to back the winning horse. Well, it only came in by a hair's breadth at the end. It was the tightest referendum we ever had. 50.2% voting in favour, 48.8% against. So ultimately, the stance that the political parties took did not represent or did not reflect the the tallies and the polls at the end. Now, how important do you guys think it is in having impartiality and fairness and objectivity in the broadcast media and particularly RTE. RTE is largely state funded by people's license fees. How important is it that broadcasters are under a duty to fairly represent all sides in every kind of debate? For a state broadcaster, it's it like there has to be different rules. You know, so Virgin Media can say whatever they like, but RTE, as you said, it's publicly funded and... They can't, actually. They also have a duty of impartiality. But I think, but it was raised in the judgment, though, that the importance that, um, you know, this was, these are taxpayer funds, these are public funds that um, pay Ryan Tuberty an extraordinary salary and a guaranteed pension, but we won't go into that topic for a different episode. Like, there's definitely... And produce the incredible drama Fair City. (laughs) <laughs> and incredible shows like Irno Denda and uh, Charlie Holly's Islands. But yeah, I think there's a, definitely um, more of a responsibility on state broadcast media to be impartial because I guess it's not their job to persuade. That's not their remit. It's just to kind of present the facts and let people make up, um, make up their own minds. And I guess there would be the fear that in other countries, state-funded or state-owned media would be just the mouthpiece for whatever party is in government. So I guess there would be a a special impetus on any broadcaster that's funded by the government to not just reflect the government's views, to reflect the views of opposition parties and those in dissent. Look, the the issue that I I think is presented with this by giving equal airtime to all sides of the argument is, look, in a referendum, it's pretty clear cut. As you say, Gavin, it's a binary choice. It's yes or no. But uh, if it's a particularly nuanced issue or a slightly more complex question when you can have various different takes on it, um, and I think we saw that even kind of emerge in post-Brexit Britain where you had, uh, or post-referendum Britain at the very least, where you had you know soft Brexit ad- ad- advocates and um, the Lib Dems coming out saying, let's just scrap the referen- referendum result entirely, let's go for a hard Brexit, Jacob Rees-Mogg and the likes. Um, they're very, very different, divergent opinions. It, it, it develops beyond a, a binary viewpoint. And, and the problem with putting all these viewpoints together on an equal platform is that it's almost an endorsement of the the integrity or value of these views when we saw as well during that 2016 Brexit campaign facts that were incorrect or uh, economic methodology which was fiscally nonsensical was relied upon in the advancement of particular causes. By affording that the same amount of airtime as as stuff that is actually categorically true, it, 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 it distorts the picture, I think. I don't, well, besides the BBC internal report said that they were biased against vote leave during the Brexit referendum. They said that they gave too much time to to remain, regardless of you know you know a big three hundred fifty million pounds on a bus. The issues surrounding that, like, it's kind of relevant. 
you know, when we're talking about state broadcast media, they have to be impartial. And I guess when you look at it from our perspective and in hindsight, um, oh yeah, we would have definitely said, well, I'd have voted yes. I presume everybody else in this room would have. It's just, it's not their place to to decide that. It's a state broadcaster. They're supposed to be neutral. And as well, regarding... And as you said, ultimately, Justice Barrington said, referendum is in the hands of the people. It's direct democracy. The people should make up their own minds the on people the should information make up- presented to them. But as well, we do give... Ultimately, like, you know, um, especially on a referendum, it's a binary choice on whether to either remove or add or to amend the constitution. End of it's a yes or no. But we still have to give um we still do delegate, you know, the legislation to the executive and to the doll that we say, okay, you guys drop the legislation and then work out the details. So like I, on the Brexit thing, like whether it's hard Brexit or soft Brexit, every every referendum, although it's a binary choice, it st- still has nuance. Like divorce legislation has nuance in it and it cha- it varies from country to country. Um, like even uh, after the Eighth Amendment referendum, the Termination of Pregnancy Act has nuance. You know they had to decide on, you know there are certain limits on when you can or can't, and other circumstances you can, uh, can or can't. It's not just some sort of blanket. Despite the fact that it's a binary choice put to the people, the nuances still have to be worked out after. So if you're a broadcaster and want to be impartial, does that mean you have to give half the time to one side of the debate? and then half the time to the other side of the base. We'll come to what the court said on that a little bit later. Firstly, well done to Ronan O'Sullivan. You won our legal research textbook with thanks to Claris Press. And if you'd like to buy a textbook on the Claris Press website, make sure you use our discount code. Type in Legally Fond in the box, and you'll get 10% off. Another textbook to be won on our Instagram this week. Just head to legally underscore fond. I think I think we're all in agreement here as, as to the importance of impartiality or, or to, to some level of impartiality anyway on the behalf of the state broadcaster. But what has had a marked change, I guess, is the importance of RTE in terms of being the dominant broadcaster in, in society. A lot of people now access their media, their news on social media, which is not only not impartial, it actively seeks to tailor and temper your news so as to reinforce your pre-existing beliefs that they've determined through algorithms and the like. So you are less likely to encounter an opinion or a view that uh, actively dissuades you from your already firmly held standpoint. And that is definitely concerning. And I think that will definitely manifest itself in, in, in referendum results or in political results in, in the future. Yeah, it is a massive issue. And the context here, 1995, very, very few people had the internet in Ireland. I'd say no one at home had the internet, maybe in workplaces. There were no phones. Well, mobile phones were probably only coming in. RTE was the only show in town. There was no TV3. This is a completely different context nowadays. You have online news sites and social networks that do not have to be fair or impartial or balanced. And in the US, Reagan in the 80s, overturned the uh, impartiality rules in American media to facilitate the likes of Fox News and these American talk show, CNN too, and these American talk show radio hosts, Rush Limbaugh and the like, who've all emerged and have become opinion, opinion journalists, I guess you could call them. So it's a completely different context now. We have those here as well. We don't, uh, like, we have opinion journalists here and we do have leanings here. They're obviously going to be you're never going to be able to be fully impartial, but I think there is 
the Sunday Times is in front of us there. If you open up the Sunday Times, every every newspaper leans in some direction, probably. But generally, you're going to guess factually accurate information, for sure. You're going to guess, yet reliable information. It's probably going to be pretty balanced. I wouldn't be too dismissive of the importance of RTE still. Obviously, social media is kind of is here compared to 1995 and uh, people get their news from multiple different places. But I still think that RTE does have a special place because it's, besides the fact that it's publicly funded, but also because it is still the most popular um, television news in Ireland by far. Well, look, yeah, I, 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 it's it certainly retains the importance in terms in terms of news and actually as being a forum for these election debates or these uh, referendum uh, discussions. It certainly declined in terms of cultural importance. We no longer have Gay Byrne coming on shocking us by you know showing a condom or, or something like that in the Late Late Show. It doesn't have that social function uh, anymore, but. Because of that, I, I think there there is there is a general move away from it, and um, you know even international news now you can get Sky News Ireland, you you can get news that is tailored to to the Irish demographic, and an increasing amount of of fringe news which is inherently politicised and and certainly less less valuable. Oftentimes now you find the the first time you hear about a story is somebody's put up a picture on Twitter. Uh, that's unverified, that uh, doesn't have any nuance or analysis, but that's where you get the first but taste I, but like, of the news as it's happening. But you could always say as well that there is, there's always going to be fringe news, there's always going to be local news, you know, whether it's uh, the Carryman down your way, um, like, I'm sure they have a certain political slant every five years, but, like, I think there is those fringe news kind of sites whether it's gripped.ie is that don't pretend you don't know alex <laughs> <laughs> but no see like as in they're always going to be there they always have been there they're just kind of taken different forms i think the vast majority of people will still say that rte or the irish times or the sunday times are the kind of trusted news sources and with all the discussion about fake news i just, like i think even myself i've sort of turned back to rte as like rte the irish times as a kind of well they're not. They might put a small spin in it, but they're not going to misrepresent something so grossly that, like, I'm not going to be able to get the facts from it. Back to the impartiality and fairness. It's a age-old question in journalism. How do you approach impartiality and fairness? Do you have mathematical equality? If there's a referendum, do you give 50% airtime to the yes side and 50% to the no side, even if that doesn't represent? the views of the country, or even if there are far more groups on one side of the referendum than the other? Well, look, equality of quantity does not equal equality of quality as such. I mean, if if you afford um, all the groups the equivalent amount of airtime or the same amount of airtime to advance their arguments, it still falls to the people to assess the value that they read into in, in into what is presented. If you have a flimsy, poorly thought, uh, thought through argument, that will be patently evident to the consumers of that media and they will be able to make an informed decision. If anything, the benefit of a good argument is really highlighted when it's put up against one which is... But is, what if you only see one of those arguments? What if you only see one side? Yeah, there, no, there is definitely a... Well, this is the whole thing. This is why we're saying impartiality is good in the sense of having 50-50... Uh, coverage because it means you can compare and contrast the arguments against each other and make an informed decision having heard both sides. It's not up to RTE to argue for each campaigning group. It's just RTE is giving them airtime to say, okay, you make your case. 
that's your job. RT is just there to like facilitate it because it's a state broadcaster. Does this judgment really undermine party political broadcast? Justice Denham says where all parties are either in favour or against an amendment to the constitution in a referendum, in other words, then party political broadcasts are automatically unequal and illegal. They have a different place in a referendum. And it's kind of, it's hard to say, especially when, as Pierre said earlier, it's going to be a new, there are always nuanced questions. There's always kind of complex, complex arguments to make. The blasphemy referendum is a good example in that. Who was arguing? I don't think there was any debate. But um, I recall at the time the, the, the group that was advocating for retaining blasphemy in the constitution were so poorly financially backed that they were asking private citizens who agreed with them to print off the documents and the campaign material at home and spread the good word. I don't, so, think, I don't think even the Ion Institute uh, tried to keep blasting like to that level. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Not a, it's not even it's not a runner. I mean, look, the the only relevance it's had, to, to be honest, again going back to RTE was uh, Gay Burns' interview with Stephen Fry when I think it was a handful of complaints were lodged that what he had yeah. said regarding the existence of God or lack thereof was blasphemous. Yeah, and and ultimately there's only ever been one case in relation to blasphemy in the Irish courts and they said they couldn't prosecute for blasphemy because it was too vague an offence. It was never set down, it was just in the constitution, but it was never set down in legislation. And when it went to court, the court said, oh, we've no definition of what blasphemy is. And then when they did put it into legislation, it was virtually impossible to prosecute for it. It was so convoluted uh, and there were so many defences available. But yeah, that's gone. So Justice Enum said mathematical equality isn't required. So you don't have to have 50 have to 50 of both sides, but you have to make an effort. But the guidance from this judgment is still pretty poor because we know it doesn't have to be 50-50. On the other hand, what is this? 80-20 in this circumstance, 40 minutes versus 10 minutes. Quick maths. Is, thank you. We know that uh, 80-20 is disproportionately in favour of one side. It's meant to be in the middle of those, but how does RTE know it's not well, breaking look, the if, law? If, if RTE's job is, is, is to reflect public opinion... But it's not. It's but RTE's like job is to uphold the Constitution. Here, yeah, no, it, which has, is a weird it has to uphold role. the democratic values enshrined in the Constitution, and to do so is, is obviously actively against that. And, I mean, look, they seem pretty obvious. I mean, they can't be broadcasting uh, statements from parties who actively seek to upend the status quo and establish a communist well, or can. fascist state. Well, they no, because they, I mean, that's like, surely actively but they, against Sure, they the, gave people for profit and the National Party, like, airtime, and sure, they're all yeah, about... Well, like, and I, I, would t- I would take exception to that, particularly with, I mean, I'm, I'm sure many of us saw at the time of the, the last election, the National Party broadcast, which said, immigrants too many, uh, abortion too horrific, and I think it was Europe too powerful... Very, very subjective, best, honestly, volatile the, I'd statements. I'd say, like, the best way to get people to not vote for the National Party is to show what the National Party actually think. Like, send Louis Theroux into them for a you know, nice hour-long uh, documentary on a Sunday night and say, you know... Weird weekends with Justin Barrett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, the, the referendum only passed by hair's breath in the end. These party political broadcasts, when you put them all together, they only accounted for 2% of all RTE's news and current affairs coverage in relation to the referendum. But then the Supreme Court came along and said the yes side had an unfair advantage in this referendum as a result of this case, which eventually got heard four years after the referendum. Do you think cases like this, obviously it's the democratic right of the citizen to take a case like this and a challenge like this, but do you think it might damage the integrity of the referendum process and the 
outcome of the referendum if the supreme court four years later are saying one side had an unfair advantage in these circumstances i I, I think it's quite reductive in in the sense that look you know people oftentimes form uh, opinions well before they watch any coverage of of referenda and the amount of people who change them as a result of hearing particular political party broadcasts um is is very debatable and i think i think it kind of diminishes the agency that is given to the people here in in voting uh, for change or, or voting against it and it, it seems to suggest as well in the greater scheme of things um the advantage if there was indeed one was so slim and and to suggest that that was the kind of the tipping point for for the the population to vote as they did is is kind of farcical in my mind i i think people um if anything, probably develop their views more um, at the pub, having a conversation with somebody, debating the issues themselves privately, as opposed to going, well, I've seen this in RT and that's the way I'm going to vote because of that. And sometimes over coverage um, and what may appear to be almost uh, RTE being the propaganda piece for a particular side of the argument can actively damage that campaign as a result of people thinking, well, hold on a minute, I'm not going to be led down the garden path by Orty by following this this line of thinking. I wonder, could we bring a case that Gavin gives himself too much airtime compared to us? <laughs> do, do we need one third time I think each? Should, do we I need think to get, get the weighing scales out? Yeah. Well, look, stop I think yeah, it depends how much value you put on each of what we say. I mean, is it is it the matter that so you get a, two words you only get about are 30, worth You only get about Gavin's. 30 seconds and if people value on what you say, please. <laughs> Hello, my name is Pierce. Cut. (laughs) The only factual thing he said all night. (laughs) So next week on Legally Fond, we've a really interesting interview with somebody who took a case all the way to the UK Supreme Court and won. The judgment was only handed down within the last month or two, and the judgment could have some pretty big implications for some online platforms who have disrupted certain industries in the past couple of years. We'll reveal more next week on Legally Fond.